This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy here at ASTE 2023. We're kindly sponsored here by a great partner of ours, Dorman Training. And yeah, they got a brand new training division. We're excited to be with them and part of it. And we're going to do this incredible episode with this incredible cast on communications, but a whole lot about Toastmasters. Because this man across the screen, diagonal on your screen, Chris Clodier and Craig O'Neill, all of us, uh, mostly Craig, you carried the wheelbarrow on that. We created a virtual Toastmasters group called Remarkable Results Toastmasters. You know, I do this for a living and I have learned so much since I think early spring, guys. But uh, I'll introduce you all in a minute. I want to thank our great supporters and sponsors of the Town Hall Academy. You know, fixing cars faster makes more money for sure. Check in, estimate, and move vehicles seamlessly with Shopware. Streamline every step of your day for a smoother ride and increased profits. Get Shopware.com. It's your ticket to automotive efficiency. And did you clean the fuel tank? Hmm, the last time you may have replaced a fuel pump. Contamination buildup in the tank not only impacts the vehicle's performance, but it can also damage the fuel pump. Clean the fuel tank in five minutes with Delphi Technologies Fuel Tank Cleaning Tool. I got one. You got to check it out when you get to Apex this year. Learn more about it at DelphiAftermarket.com. Okay, team. Welcome. Chris Cloutier. Hello, Carm. How are you? I'm great, bud. Golden Rule Auto Golden Care. Golden Rule Auto Care. Yes. And of course, autoflow.com. Yes. Yes. And excited to talk to you about communication. It's funny. Me and Craig even said this at the beginning of our class. We said, isn't it weird that a couple guys that are peddling software are talking about how to speak in public? Yeah, I know. But that's what we love, yeah. right? We it's on the app. It's on the app. Don't <laughs> talk about this. Go to the app. <laughs> At least until Chad GPT takes it over, we've got to answer questions. Oh my God. Will you come on and do an episode about that we with should. me? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We should. Yes. I'm afraid of it, but yet it's kind of cool. You should be. I was with Scott Brown yesterday. We, we, we did an episode on ADAS. It'll be out. You got to listen to this. Scott wrote a textbook on ADAS, by the way, with two other guys for education. And he was showing me this picture of what the camera sees and what the ultimate output is. And he's got all these inputs going into this bubble, all these bubbles. And I looked at all those bubbles and he says, and that's the AI part where it's attempting to take everything that the camera sees and all the inputs, scramble it once per thousand seconds or something like that, and then come up with a output to the vehicle. So this AI thing, I think could be really good. And I think we could let it be bad if we let it, I guess. So, hey, Craig, vice president of training. Vice President of Training at Autoflow. I got that at Autoflow. Good to have you here. Sarah Frazier's with us from Haas Performance Consulting. And you want to hear Carmen, Sarah. Sarah embarrassed me a lot. You got to listen to that episode we did on Gen Z with Oscar. A lot of people have told us it's a really great episode. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun doing that episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was so cool. We're here to talk about Toastmasters. And I got to tell you, it was something I've always wanted to do my whole life, guys. So thank you for wanting to do this. I have learned so much in such a short amount of time. And someone here, Tracy, are you going to start counting the ums and the uhs here for us? Okay, there was two. You know, I, the thing I really like about the Toastmasters and the, what we're learning and what we're teaching and what we're spreading, and I equated this at the beginning of the class, Carm, I told him about the time that I got invited to go drive go-karts in Shelby, North Carolina. And it was with Chris Monroe, and he goes, Chris, do you drive go-karts? And I said, yeah, I do. Of course I do. I'm a boy in a man's body. I love go-karts. And he goes, well, these go 50 miles an hour. And I'm like, well, even better. <laughs> so we get on the track and I'm all over the place. I finished last place. And he was like, well, Chris, you need to follow my line. Are you breaking? I'm like, brakes? There's no brakes when you drive a go-kart. And he's like, Chris, you need to lean. You need to steer. You need to stop here. You need to turn here. You need to do. And I'm like, so what you're telling me is there is a science to go-kart driving. And it ruined go-karts for me forever. Because now they're just not fun anymore. There's a science. But it's like speaking, yeah, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't realize there's a science to speaking. There are tips. There's tricks. We just think that people naturally get up and present well. They know the secrets. They know the tips and the tricks. So what me and Craig have tried to bring with this training we did today and with Toastmasters in general is, yeah, let's learn the tips and tricks to maybe make us just a little bit better. But even a little bit better goes a lot a far away. Now, Tracy is with us and she's in our Toastmasters group. And she told me she went into your class and was inspired by the number of people that were in there and the content. Did you guys work together on it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, this whole idea came about from our collaboration. This has probably been years in the making, really, but we tapped onto a, a common thread. 
And even as technology people, which we keep pointing out, like we are technology people. There's some elements to technology though where we're really good at creating touch points with clients. But the trend with technology, and you mentioned AI today, that we are increasingly becoming more and more out of touch, even though we have more touch points. Referenced a book in our class multiple times. I brought it up, uh, Dale Carnegie's book, familiar title, How to Win Friends and Influence People. But the latest version from the Dale Carnegie Institute is How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. Right. Very important topic in there. And I think it's worth going into a lot further. You mentioned AI, and I like to make the case, I think that there is cause for concern with AI today. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm about what it can do. I think there's also a lot of uncertainty about what it can do or should do. And one of the things I've noticed out of the gate, people are looking for ways to have it help answer questions for us and respond for us. Pretty much the main thing I see with Toastmasters in this age is it's actually going to help us preserve one of the most critical human talents that machines cannot take from us. Our ability to connect and our ability to relate with other people. Machines can't do that. Will it take they our, can imitate it. Will it take our reasoning away? I think it's going to take a lot of reasoning away mm-hmm. over time. Imagine, did you see the news this week that ChatGPT has now regained or been allowed access to the entire internet, not just cut off at 2021, but the whole of the internet. So you have AI, which generates things that become content on the internet. And then you have AI that goes and scours the internet for content. So it's going to be both contributing and receiving its own from competing AI systems. Like the What data anymore is going to be trusted, valid data? I think that there's going to be a turning point for us where it's going to be fascinating for a while with AI. But human face-to-face interaction and public speaking and communication skills with human audiences from a real live person are going to become more craved as we go further and further down the rabbit hole. So a question, who in this room has actually done a phone call in the last month? Really? A phone call. No Zoom. A phone call. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But is it going away? Making phone calls? No. We're not doing face-to-face. We're not doing video. But... Real live, honest to God, phone phone calls. Okay. And to say the competency, right. Even with AI, you're going to have people who are going to manipulate the models. And there's still going to be 13 year old boys who are asking it to write a poop rap. That joke last night, we were eating with George last night. George came in here and he was like, Yeah, my kid asked for a a rap. It actually is a really good rap, by the way. So (laughs) you're still going to have 13 year old kids asking it about things that make no sense. It wasn't shitty, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't. Talking about what Craig was saying, the craving that technology and and tying in the 13-year-olds to this is looking at that generation, Generation Z. This generation that has grown up with technology all the time craves face-to-face connection. They want that in-person, personal connection, even though they're so tied to technology. So this communication piece, I think, is is huge. And it's we're not, it's not going away, even though we have all of the technology, which is great and convenient and we like to use it, but yeah. Like our team, we had a, one of our sales reps, they were playing with some chat GPT things and they said, look, I asked it to write a blog on this sort of thing. And I read this, this blog and it's like, isn't this amazing? I really? No. I started reading it and it, and it, it was boring. It was very highbrow, almost over scientific. I mean, even if you ask it about a human thing, it's going to bring up, you know, maybe the psychological reasons for stuff. Listen, I've done that. I look at that stuff myself. It's fascinating, but it's, but it's not how I talk. Is that a how right. I yeah, speak? Right. And going back to phone calls, right? I mean, who doesn't like calling their mom and just chat for a couple yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. When you're in the car and you got a couple extra minutes to call your dad or to call. So it didn't need to be Zoom, right? I don't need to when I'm driving. Just that couple of minutes of interaction sometimes with family members is super important. I think that's your point because I, I spoke to my son for a good half hour on his way home from work exactly. last week. And that's the per- almost like today's the perfect place because as soon as you land, it's kids, it's family, and, and so many other things. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the benefits of Toastmasters to make you, shop owner, shop foreman, service advisor, a more charismatic leader, person, salesperson, I see so much value in it because for me, it's been a confidence builder. And it's not like I needed a whole lot more confidence to do what I'm currently doing. I get better every day. But 
I wish when I started eight years ago, I had Toastmasters. Mm. To my point, mm -hmm. I think it would have accelerated my confidence, not behind the mic, but with people and the, what I was digging for and the questions that I was looking for. So I can't say enough about you got to consider joining. This is an automotive aftermarket Toastmasters group. Absolutely. And there's one, there could be multiples. They could be East Coast, West Coast. Yep. We're just getting this thing launched. We had to go through a charter thing with Toastmasters International, which yeah. you, you worked a, your butt off a, to get done. It's a process. Yeah, it's it? a process. You struck at something here at Carm that I think is important and worth noting. You kind of hit on the why Toastmasters. That if I were to look at you, and I have over several years as I've watched the podcast and listened to the podcast, here's a person who knows how to communicate wonderfully. Why would he need to be in Toastmasters? Carm's amazing. Like everybody's at a different spot in a journey. And that's what I like to emphasize with this is like, Chris has been on a Toastmasters journey 15 years longer than I have. I've been on one for five years. Sarah's just joined now and is starting to already see the results that we're starting to see. It's a whole group of people that are just looking to keep on that path of constant professional development. Hey, the AI models are improving all the time. Our models should be improving too. And Carm, in our situations too often, People think, oh, I don't want to be a public speaker. Well, no, if you're a shop owner, maybe you have four people that you, you manage, that you lead. And one of the slides we had in there is just by improving your communication with your team, you can increase their productivity and their connection by 60%. Why wouldn't you want to do that, right? right? And it was great. We had this one guy, Scott, in the class, and he said, man, 14 years, I've been you know, I could fix cars. And he goes, whenever a customer comes in, I leave my son there and I go run back to the car. And he goes, but I know yeah. I need to get better at communicating right. with my customers and with my team. Like, I know I need this. It's just easier for him to do his default behavior. And that's go, you know, run back in and start working on the car, something he's comfortable with. One of my favorite stories out of the class today too, was a man named Eric. He's a teacher. He's automotive teacher at his school. He's, he's won a teacher of the year award. And cool. you know what he's most nervous to go do? is to deliver that acceptance speech in front of all of his other faculty. He teaches in front of teenagers, which arguably one of the tougher audiences in the world, especially in an automotive class, especially a Generation Z, I would imagine too. And that's what has him actually nervous more than anything else is being in front of his other peers and faculty members. Pretty interesting. So two weeks ago today, I had to give a speech at my daughter's wedding. Mm. You gave a toast. Right. Yes, I did. A masterful yes, one, I'm yes. sure. Well, some people came up and said yes, but I figured she paid them to do that. <laughs> and I sweated that thing. You have no idea. I had, what, maybe a year to plan it. And I kept going around and around. And I went to Annie and, and I said, hey, hon, I got this idea. And she looked at me and she goes, mm -mm, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so good I feedback. Kept, good I, feedback. It was good feedback. Yeah. So <laughs> I, but I says, I want to tell three cool little stories about Trace and growing up in life and all that neat stuff. And so it was Toastmasters that helped me through that. And I gave a speech, a keynote last Saturday in Philadelphia. And I said, I hope I can do Craig and Chris right. So <laughs> it was a 20 minute thing. And I have to tell you something. I'm afraid to do the speech on our Toastmasters call. I got it outlined. I'm ready to go. I haven't been able to say I'm next. I am afraid to want to do it with my peers. I got to get over that because I have no problem doing what I'm doing right now. So well, funny. Tracy already sent us the video. So we're evaluating it now, Carm. So whether or not- Oh my God, you, am I going to get critiqued on that? Because <laughs> Trace, oh my God, Trace says that Thursday night, and I couldn't be there. She said that you gave this most masterful critique. Who gave the speech, Marianne? And yeah. she says you gave a most masterful critique. This error? said too, which was interesting. So he's teaching high school and he's teaching shop. And he said in shop, he asks everybody, Hey, who wants to fix cars? Who wants to, of course, everybody's in there because they want to fix cars. And his other question he asked, which I thought is very interesting is who in here wants to be a service rider? Not many raise their hand, but then he goes, who wants to be a shop owner? And they all raise their hand. And he's like, okay, you know, communication and some of these other skills that you're not interested in, you absolutely have to have these skills. So going back to what you were saying, like how much do our youth actually really want 
to be good communicators and want the connection. Definitely. And it's a very entrepreneurial generation, too. They want to be business owners. They want to do that. So the communication and the speaking piece, for sure. Carm, you said something earlier that is the biggest thing I've taken from Toastmasters, which is the confidence. You said the confidence building. And that, for me, whether it's me standing in front of a room giving a speech or just coming to an event and networking with people used to be terrifying for me and having the confidence to just be able to speak and take those ums out of what I'm saying. Game changer. There's a secret to that, truly. And I don't think you could learn it on your own. If you weren't with your Toastmasters team and watched, no one in Toastmasters teaches you how to get rid of ums and ahs. But the discipline of being there of not wanting to say them makes you not say them. And so this deep think that I kind of call, I've been saying that a lot lately on shows, you know, but we got to get into this deep think moments, no matter what. And pausing, which I just did right now, I would have, so many other people go, um, it's that lazy pause that we shouldn't use. And once I got in Toastmasters, I said, I got to find another new level to be at. And both of you guys, since you're masters at this, set a bar for us without setting the bar. We appreciate that. Once again, going back to the class, Carm, I always, me and Craig, Craig at one point in time, at the end, we got everybody to do basically a, a workshop and we got them up speaking and critiquing themselves because the feedback is just as important as giving the speech. And Sarah elegantly said that during the class. She's like, look, I learned sometimes more from the evaluations than I do from the speech themselves, which sure. is excellent. It's a great point. Right? Especially from the two of you. The two of you have been doing it long enough that your feedback is taken in a way that it's not, I don't feel like I'm being criticized. It's you're coaching and you're educating and I'm learning whether I'm the one who gave the speech or somebody else. I learn so much just from what you guys are saying and the feedback. And it's the Toastmaster space feels like such a welcoming not scary space once you get into it. And that critiquing can sound really scary. Oh, somebody's going to evaluate what I'm saying and I'm going to learn all everything I'm doing wrong and everything I'm doing bad. But it's done in a way that it comes essentially from a place of love, from a place of I want to help you grow. And I just absolutely love it. And I learn every week that we do it. I learn a lot. Do you want to make more money? I'm sure you do. But how do you maximize profit without sacrificing service? Well, Shopware can help you. We are the auto repair software solution. Sure, there are cheaper options out there, but the old adage that you get what you pay for still holds true. And when you go shopping for a car, do you just pick the cheapest one available or do you pick the one that meets your needs? With Shopware, you can digitally track jobs in real time, optimize parts pricing, and transform your business. Shopware can take the guesswork out of your operations, allowing you to make data-driven decisions to help your business be successful. We have features the wannabes can't touch, and they know it. That's why they're so cheap. But hey, don't take our word for it. Check out Shopware. The product speaks for itself. Visit GetShopware.com for a free demonstration. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles, and safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. For me, evaluation and feedback is the love of Toastmasters. Now, I like to get up there and practice speeches too, but my favorite speech to practice is the evals. Now, it's because I've had great, great, great instructors and Toastmasters weren't just instructing me, but they're the evaluators of my home club. Grand Rapids Toastmasters Club 404 is the one that I joined. And we have some really remarkable members. Shane Sievers is one of our long 
time members there. Evan Wisner is another character from our club. Both of them are exceptional evaluators. It's fun when there's a three speech night. We do a speech contest. Well, it's it's always a, a voting. You vote on the best speech. So when the club gets to a point where we can do three speeches in a meeting, that's going to be a lot of fun. But then you'd also vote on the best evaluator. So you don't announce who's second and third place where you only announce the winner. But it's so much fun because the quality of the evaluations are so high in that club at this point that it's fun to compete with those individuals. And I, I lost to Evan last week here, just last Tuesday. He gave such a remarkable evaluation to one of our newest members, young man named Jake, who's running for office in one of our local communities, actually. Very interesting character, but very new to the club. He's growing still. He he still struggles with a couple stammers here and there and all that stuff. A lot of extra nerves. He doesn't know what to do with his eyes full yet, but this kid has already come up to a degree of proficiency in his own speaking that everyone around this room is now watching the guy give his speech and being amazed at all the improvement he's shown over this time. And then Evan comes up and he gives the evaluation for this speech and he just highlights so expertly all those little areas that were amazing and still tactfully provides the area for the next growth. And it's masterful when it's done. And when you see it over the period of time from somebody's first meeting in Toastmasters to where they start to start getting good, it'll bring a tear to your eye. Well, that's where I think the group is going to be. So we want Craig to do the evaluation because Trace said you were so good last week. So that's something that I can't wait for. And one day I'm going to raise my hand and do this. You're going to do the evals. And it's a pathway. Toastmasters has pathways. It has a structured instruction on how to build out a great evaluation. It will teach you the basics of it, but you only learn the basics through the course. You learn best from watching the others. So here's the deal. Let's encourage people. We're going to have a link on my website and we can get remarkable results.biz forward slash Toastmasters and any other way that we can get people to want to come in. You can be a guest at any time and then one day decide, hey, I want to join this thing. It's very inexpensive to join. Very inexpensive. And the thing that I learned so much about is, hey, Karen, will you be the um counter? And I said, oh, okay. So I got on the website. I printed out. I have a Toastmasters file with the description of every role. <laughs> so if I'm, I flip to it and I, I reread it because it's every two weeks, yep. you have a life. So since it's only been so many months, yeah, I go back learning. and I read what my role is. There's an um counter, a grammar. Grammarian. Grammarian. Explain the grammarian. Well, the grammarian's role can be multifaceted, but we focus on the good uses of language in our club. In this club and in Grand Rapids Toastmasters, being part of two clubs, uh, there's little flavors and Chris's too, a lot of dual membership. So you'll get different flavors on these roles and if you go to different clubs, but you're supposed to look for bad uses of grammar and call it out, point it out, not with names, but where we end up focusing all the time is Just write down and take notes of the really clever and good and effective uses of language. And I like that spin on that role because they're looking for those phrases that were strung together eloquently enough that made you go like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a wow moment. Yeah. And when that role takes that perspective too, it starts to draw out, but it makes you such a good listener and note taker when you are in that role that you start to realize that, oh, wow. So this role isn't just about critiquing or finding the good, but it's also about finding a new level of listening in your ability to listen to whatever anyone else is saying. Okay, Carm, you have one minute to say this. One minute. I don't think I've ever said anything in one minute, right? And I love the bookending discipline of that. I think it is so cool to be able to say what you want to say in a short amount of time. You get rid of the BS, right? You don't belabor. So we brought up timing in our class as well. It's important. And I I brought this up as an example. I've been to other conferences where there's been other speakers or other people presenting classes. And I've had some, I've seen some run over 15, 20, 30 minutes. Well, they just ran over into somebody else's time. That's kind of disrespectful. And then I brought up the example of church and it was probably a bad example. How many times when the pastor goes over and everybody starts tapping their toe, like, come on, pastor, what are you doing? Speeding up. So people kind of expect this amount of time. And when you're, you have this designated amount of time to speak, You should practice that designated amount of time to speak. So Toastmasters force you into that discipline. As a matter of fact, at the end of the class, we were doing that workshop and we had four people speak and we said, look, you got four to six minutes. We're going to cut you off at six minutes. And it's not going to be rude, but that's what we're going to do. And we had one person go six minutes and I said, time, you're done. 
and he, he was, was still just going. getting so, into the really great spot. Yeah. So that's tough. And I said, I know that feels weird and I know it's awkward for you, but it's that discipline that if you learn, you're that much better and pay attention then to the time. And when I asked him, he said, you know what, Chris? I was like, well, I'm not going to look back on the screen because the time's up there. And then he was like, and then once I sat down, I realized the timer was right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I didn't want to. So he just lost train of thought, right? So it, yep. it disciplines you to think about that. And me and Craig were even saying, well, when you do a three-hour class in 45 minutes, like there's timing involved. How many times have you gone and seen an instructor that's three out of 45 minutes? They talk three hours about the first two slides, and then they do the blast of the last 50 slides. Oh, <laughs> don't worry about this one. Don't worry about this one. Yeah, we got to run. We got to run. We got to run. We got so much time yeah. left. So that yeah, this isn't important. Click, click, click. Yeah, so why did you make yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I tend to be on the opposite side of that because I'm a pretty fast talker and I've finished classes earlier than normal. So with Toastmasters and the timing has helped me look at that time and take those pauses, take that space, make sure that I'm breathing and not just zooming through it. So it goes both ways, whether you need to take more time or take less time, the discipline of learning the amount of time you have to fill. Oh, yeah. Listen, I so believe that the leaders of our businesses that we broadcast to, that you're listening to, need to be part of our Toastmasters organization, no matter how big it grows and how many different chapters, virtual chapters we have. But when I think of the service advisor at our stores, and I think of the service advisor training that they could get, I think of listening to the calls and being coached on what they can do. And then you add Toastmasters to that. I think we could be creating some of the best A players to grow revenue in our industry. Not just revenue, but reputation as well. Bingo. Because this industry, we talk about changing it all the time. Oh, we have to improve the industry. We have to change the industry image and everything else. And all of our problems, our communication problems, and yeah. all of our image issues, our communication problems. If we have an army of people that are really effective communicators. Are we going to run into the situation where parents are disappointed that their child is interested in going into auto repair? Right? No, it will be a group of professionals that sound and speak professionally that pay homage to this. We got to work our ass off to improve that image. going to tell you, man, yeah. every single one of us that knows, believes, lives in this profession, we've got to get off our duffs and tell the world. Well, I've, I've seen something that's symptomatic of this too, with the AI conversation coming back into things. I saw a iteration of AI that was really aimed at, well, here's a way to generate a response from a service advisor who may not know an answer on something. And it struck me that that's a problem, was we're already attracting people that can't explain some of the core elements that we need them to be able to explain in our business. Why don't we focus instead of replacing the advisor role there with a machine, which is artificial, not authentic. Why don't we focus on developing the skills of how to communicate through a question? That's a great point. If, if we're, this is why we're going to see people peddling the answers going to be AI. The answer is AI. It's because people aren't often willing to put in the work to get better at a thing. And communications is not one of those things that gets a great, aha, I'm going to go to Toastmasters tonight to All work right. on my communication right. skills. So what's the word? Communication, I think, scares off certain think you're right. people. Yep. This whole change the language of our industry, Chris, yes. right? Because we yes. just did an episode on that. Thank yes. you so much for that. It's good. If technician mechanic isn't what it should be, and we're searching for that, and I'm not sure we're ever going to find it. Yeah. We go to a great lead and says, you got to be a, a better communicator. Oh, I'd rather go dig a ditch. So it's not communications. What do we say? How do we encourage people to take that to the next level. To I would call it your relational ability, improving your relational ability as one of the concepts that we talk be about. Be a better dad, a be a better peer, be a better owner through, through better dialogue. And I think it is relating. So part of what we do in the class is we talk about the ability to change. And there's another class we do on changing yourself. And there's this really good book. We've talked about it before. Change or die. And it has the three R's. Deutsch. Relate, repeat, reframe. So what it is, is you need to be able to relate to that group. Toastmasters is why we bring it up as a good example, right? It allows us to relate to other people. Like you said, Sarah, I feel comfortable in the group of Toastmasters because everybody in there wants the same goal, which is we're trying to become better speakers. That repetition, I get to do it over and over again. The reframe is that feedback that I get to reframe it and understand. But I do like, I agree with Craig, like, doesn't it all go back to a relationship? Don't you mm -hmm. want to be able to relate to your team better? Don't you want to be able to relate to 
whoever it is that you're creating a, even from a software stand sales position, I'm trying to sell you something. We are trying to relate to you to help you out with your business. And that's truly the core of what we do. And I believe that truly, like I want to relate to you as a business owner and let you know that everything you've gone through and those struggles, I've gone through them too. And here's some things we can help you. Right. So it really comes down to relationship. How and if you times? want to relate to a group of people, you want to relate to, then you got to, well, how do I relate better to people? Communication. How, how many right. times have we seen guests on the show? I've seen a plethora of people mention this in this statement. You'll have recognized it. This is a relationship-based business. That's right. This is a relationship-based business over and over again. Bob Greenwood is, of course, one who talked to me and, and others have echoed this over and over and over again. And if this is a relationship-based business, we need to be good at relating authenticity is the key to it. And the only way you're going to do it is if you can become a better listener and communicate thoughts and ideas genuinely from your heart and soul to another human being. Can't have machines do that for us. At least I don't want that world. You talked about the book you're reading, Carmen Cubes, right? Relating with somebody or communicating, right? It's not just speaking to, right? There's all kinds of different ways that we can relate. It can be, you were talking about with eyes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Eyes carry so much in that relationship. What do they say? You like somebody, you know, you like somebody or don't like somebody in the first like two seconds or five seconds of meeting them. Like it's very quickly you make this immediate judgment. And why is that? Because of the way you hold yourself, because of the way you look at them or don't look at them, the way you kept yourself, the way you either have long hair that's been washed or you have a shaved have head. You, that did looks you wash clean. your hair this morning? <laughs> Condition too. Yeah, it smells Whoa. good. It smells good. That it stuff in it. the shower, huh? It's hard not to do that. Yeah, 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 I haven't yeah. put some on too because I knew <laughs> I was going to use a little bit. Wait a minute, which you can probably free. put a little bit on the end of your finger, right? Yeah, yeah, and get yeah, the one you miss shaving, yeah. right? Exactly. Well, exactly. I just want to know what it feels like to be Craig sometimes, Carm. That's all I want to know. <laughs> you, can, you can get a wig for that. Yeah. I did. Wait, you I'm, should do that. Oh, you should do that and show up one day. Yeah, I should. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You should do karaoke <laughs> in a Craig way. Believe it or not. It's my biggest fear. I'll be honest. Oh. It isn't public speaking. It's going Paul. So anyway, the books that we have been talking about are up on the books page on my website. Anyone you say, oh, God, where do I get that book? You can go to the books page on the website. Remarkableresults.biz. I'm struggling with communication. I don't mean to share my brain power here on the podcast, but I think we hit on something important. Relationships, right? Relationships. Right. It's got to be there. And I wrote down better relate and I'm looking for the sell. I'm looking for how we can get, forget about the fact that we would love you to join our Toastmasters group, but just as an individual, how could you better relate to kids, to employees, to family, to friends, to pastors, to this, to that? And would you like to better communicate? The word communicate, I think to so many people is heavy. It's encumbered. It's like, oh my God, that's reading and that's writing. But I think relate. Or even connect that word. Okay. I love that. Is, connect, yeah. better relate, better connect. Yep. Join our group. Be better at that. Yeah. I love it. I think you may have just broken the code. Better relate, better connect. We're having this open, deep think discussion for the benefit of our great industry. Yes, that's it. And you say this all the time, Carm. It's how do we raise other ships, right? Yeah, yeah, like, like, how yeah. do we, and when me and Craig started first talking about this, once again, we sell technology. We don't sell public speaking. No. Like, and my auto repair shops, they sell repair. But I think all the things that we're discussing, how many times that I've tried to pour into my younger people and say, hey, you want to learn how to relate, communicate. I see you struggling with these things. How can we help you? And how can we help you achieve that potential goal? Thinking back to the high school kids saying, yeah, I'm entrepreneur. Chris, I want to be like you. And I've had a lot of kids say, I want to be like you. And I'm like, yeah, we well, got to understand this is a people business. And once you learn how to master people, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. But mastering people was influence. by far the hardest right. thing we to do. influence other people. Yeah. Thing. Oh, I like that. And I know, yeah, gaining influence, that Carnegie stuff is key. And I know Sarah talks about this too with the next generation, especially. We are connecting with them in this industry. We know we're not connecting with the industry. It's definitely something that we can work on the, not going to say communication, the relationship building, the connecting, okay. the making those experiences personable and authentic and transparent for them. That's what they're wanting. So if you've got a boomer or a Gen X boss, there's the gap, right? It's a big but gap. But if, if you've got a millennial leader, it may be closer. Yes? Closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it depends. Uh, I am an elder millennial. Right. And so I actually find myself. You do look a whole lot elder. Yeah, yeah. It's right on the cusp of X, X and millennial. I Ooh. remember we are. You, you, you are confused. You don't know which way to act oh, sometimes. 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely true because I get both worlds. I've got a foot in each one. You all, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, raising Gen Z kids, my son just turned 18. Oh, and he's that, there, yeah. yeah, and I just turned 40. And so there's these milestone moments at both of those. And I feel a world apart, even though it's one generation apart. It's staggering. So to clue our audience in, so they know Gen Z is 23 years and younger. Yep. Am I right, Sarah? Nine to 26. Oh, nine to 26. Keep getting older. I was wrong. Nine to 26. I think it's 26. Now you have me double. I think it's 26. All right. right. 20, maybe 25. It's in the, it's early 20s. Do I hear 24? (laughs) I don't know, Carm. I'm one of those angry old men now that yell, damn kids, get off my yard. With a so beautiful single conditioned hair. Thing. I love <laughs> yes, that. Yes. <laughs> get, yes. get out of my yard. Yeah, because they yelled it to me when I was younger. So I'm like, no, I'm yeah. not connected. I'm yelling. Yeah, just, do we start repeating all the crap that was given to us? <laughs> because we can. It's all right. Is it not as you get older to ruin your children like uh, your parents ruined you? Well, there's nothing like having grandkids spoil them and then send them home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's great. You got grandkids yet? No. Okay. No, no. 12 and 14 year old daughters. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Young daughters. Good young, for you. young daughters. And I, I brought one of them as an example of using, you know, she just says, you know, a lot. And I pointed out to her, you know, a lot. No, no, dad, you know, yeah, no, Joe. And then, you know, that whole mind melt. Cause when you talk about the alls and ums and it's an earworm every time you hear it. And then you just, the good thing is she doesn't go to Toastmasters. So she, I only remind her every once in a while. So I let her get back into that pattern for a while. So Tracy wants to have a little fun here, apparently, am I right? You'd like to do something and uh, let me give you the mic. You want to do some topics? And this way she has the mic so I don't have to do anything. All right. Well, first, I really did want to go over for any listeners. We've been saying, if you want to join Toastmasters, what actually is a meeting and how is it scheduled? How is it prepared? So people might think, oh, I'm just going to go into a virtual room and we'll just kind of talk about communication. (laughs) But it really is structured. It's timed by the minute. And for people that are nervous, you like we said before, you can come in as a guest. But the best part is the impromptu speaking. So I will get to that. But either Chris or Craig, if you can just briefly run down, if you're joining a meeting, what is it kind of like? And also we were touching on the roles, but people actually sign up for roles and it rotates and being in those roles and weekly changing is so beneficial. So go ahead. So Toastmasters meetings are broken up into two parts. There'll be the initial introductions as well. I like to do initial introductions. We did that in our class today is we had all the people that were here in the class just briefly introduce themselves about 20, 30 seconds each with about 30 some people in there. That's about as much as you can do. It'll take too long otherwise. Is that a first chance you're going to get right out of the gate is to introduce yourself, let us know what brought you there. And sometimes the presiding officer will give a prompt at the beginning of the meeting that you'll speak on just as you introduce yourself. It might be the weather by you. Who knows? It could be simple. It could be a little more complex. The first half of the meeting, however, is where the planned speeches are. The planned speaking portion, that means somebody scheduled the speech in advance, They're going to have an evaluator that's paired up to them. They'll deliver the speech and afterwards will come an evaluation of that speech. So you get to hear the speech, you get to hear the evaluation. And there may be more than one speech and more than one evaluation. Part two of the meeting is what Tracy was talking about. And it collectively recognizes the most fun part of the meeting because it's table topics is the name of it in Toastmasters. And that is our extemporaneous impromptu speaking, which is 90% of the type of speaking we ever do in our professional lives. It is not planned speeches that we do all day. It is, hey... I need you to tell me something about this right now. And that's what you practice in Toastmasters while you're being evaluated by those roles. So you have the hour counter, you have the grammarian, you have the timekeeper. And then there's a general evaluator who will be evaluating those evaluators. And at the end of the meeting, they all give their reports. So they'll report on the table topics portion. That hour counter will have counted your ahs, ers, and ums in your little one minute impromptu speaking piece. It's a blast. But that part can be very funny. My home club, Grand Rapids Toastmasters, we have some improv comedians there. We laugh every single time. But don't you think that would be so intimidating for people not wanting to join? It is intimidating at first, but you get to be a guest and see, you can't do a planned speech as a guest. You can, however, participate in table topics. It is not compulsory. You can pass. And if a topic is given to you that you don't want to speak on, you can talk about any topic you want. You can sidestep topic. You can even rebut a topic that was already delivered. And so if you're sitting there and you're nervous about going, but then an idea popped in the head of a topic that's already gone, go ahead. If you get called on, go on that. Or if you want to volunteer, you raise your hand and you get to go and do that. It's intimidating for some people. We talk in our class, 76% of people have glossophobia. 
It's fear of public speaking. They fear it more than death. And that's a little bit scary that, hey, someone might fear dying more than they fear getting up in front of a group of people. But that's why you go in this safe group and you overcome. And they're all there to see you become successful. In Toastmasters International, there's groups everywhere. So we have this one that's online, meets every other week on Zoom, but there's in-person classes as well. I just wanted to put that out there. I think the pathway of your brain to your mouth can seem so long and frustrating. And Craig, like you were saying, we are speaking in impromptu all the time. So Toastmasters is not just if you want to be a public speaker and a trainer, it's living every single day, communicating with your friends and family, employees. And that is what is so, so important. So I have some table topics. So this part of the meeting, someone is assigned as the table topics master, and I'm going to have a theme. So my theme is movies. I am going to say a prompt, and then anyone who wants to take it, raise your hand, and that'll be yours. I'm also going to be timing you, and I will let you know what your time is at the end. So we will do one minute. All right, first one up. Describe your favorite movie without saying the title. So my favorite movie takes place in a different era. It highlights two main characters, one who has a lot of opinions and one who's quite proud. And they come together and learn about each other. And it takes a while and there's a lot of family opinions. It's in an era where women were intended to just get married where they didn't own anything. So if you didn't get married, you were at risk of losing your property, your house, your family sort of forced you into maybe unwanted marriages. And these two main characters were very unlikely to connect. And in the end, they do. I don't know. Anyone? Romeo and Juliet? No. (laughs) With Leonardo DiCaprio? It's Pride and Prejudice. Excellent job. I'm not ashamed to say I enjoyed watching that movie with my wife. (laughs) Great job, Sarah. You finished at 50 seconds. Perfect on your time. And just so everyone knows, anyone who does the impromptu portion, the roles of grammarian, timekeeper, awer, they're all being counted. And we kind of do a rally at the end of everyone's kind of results. And I want to echo what you said earlier, Tracy, is that taking the role is a really beneficial part of coming to Toastmasters. Being that counter and being so aware of it, being the grammarian, being the evaluator, that's where the benefit for me has really... I thought I'd come in and just listen and not have to talk and not have to participate and then learn, oh, I've got to talk in table topics. I've got to talk. (laughs) That's the point. And everyone is feeling the same way. And so it's great. And once you take on those roles... You just learn and improve more and more by doing that. You'll definitely listen a lot different. You'll speak a lot different because you'll catch yourself every dang time you say, um. 100%. All right, next prompt we have here is, what movie do you put on when you need a really good laugh? Okay, I'm going to take this one. I like aviation a lot. I also like the movie Airplane. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous in pretty much every way a movie could be ridiculous. The movie Airplane did, breaks so many laws of how airplanes actually work, how the airline industry actually works, how a control tower actually works, but the humor inside of that film just cracks me up every single time I watch it. It's I don't even know what it is. Every scene of it, even all the inappropriate ones, it's just one of the funniest movies to me that I think... I always go back to it too. It's, it's it's mindless in so many regards. But it was a movie I remember seeing as a young adolescent. And there's nothing more funny than a movie that's a little bit on the fringe than when you're a young adolescent watching a movie that's a little bit on the fringe. And it just reminds me of being that kid at heart. It's a funny movie, Airplane. Picked a bad day to snap. So we were supposed to guess the title of that, right? No, it was a different prompt. Oh, different prompt. Yes. (laughs) Great job, Craig. You finished at 53 seconds. Also, at the end, everyone that's on the call will vote for their favorite table topic. So it is nice to have that. And as Craig was saying, sometimes you can make things up. I remember my first table topics impromptu that I had to answer was, describe what it was like going over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. Oh, that was it. Was and I described it. It, it was fantastic. Classic. I think it's recorded somewhere. You won. So we should, Perfect. Yes. You won that week too. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It was so good. See, they don't have to be true stories. You exactly. Can whatever you want. And that's the point is on the spot, being able to have a prompt and be able to have some sort of one minute story about it 
connect it, boom, that's truly my favorite part of Toastmasters. All right. So, Chris, you're up last. If you could meet any of your favorite actor, actress, whoever you imagine that's your favorite, what would be the first question you ask them? Tracy, what I'm going to talk about is this great movie I saw called Big George Foreman on the plane right over here. And we're talking about great movies. And that's a great movie, Pride and Prejudice. I remember Airplane. Yeah, I picked a bad, bad, bad day to stop smoking. So many, the crap hits the fan. So many good references that, that we all remember. But I just saw this movie, Big George Foreman. I fly a lot. I'm like, yeah, hey, this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a bad one. I remember the Foreman grills. So I'm like, okay, I like Foreman grills. They're good. I've used them. My wife has one. I want to know more about this movie. An amazing story of this kid that comes from poverty, becomes a boxer, has all this rage, has this coach mentor, doesn't have a father figure in his life. This coach mentor becomes this father figure in his life, takes him in, teaches him how to box. And his mom's like, I don't want you to fight anymore. And he says, no, 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 mom, it's not fighting. It has rules. It has regulations. There's winning. So he becomes this great boxer. Then he finds the Lord. He becomes a preacher, quits boxing then comes back 10 years later and becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. And he says, this time I'm not going to do it with anger. I'm going to do it with, with the fear of the Lord in me. Just every once in a while, I come across a movie that really impacts me. And I'm like, this one, I'm going to show my kids. Not many movies. I probably won't show them Airplane. Probably <laughs> will show them Pride and, and Prejudice. But I will definitely show them Big George Foreman. Great movie. Great, great movie. So would you ask him, like, what gave him the idea to make his grill? They kind of don't really go over the whole grill. He likes to grill. They do show him grilling several times. So I guess the guy just liked to grill and he put his name on the grill and ends up making a lot of money. On this. Just an amazing story about a guy that I really knew very little about. So see what I did there? I did not answer her question. And that's the problem that most people think. You've got to answer the question. You can answer however you, you want, whatever you want, right? Want. In the classroom, when me and Craig were talking about it's stories. It's stories that you have that are the best way to connect to people. It's stories that you know about yourself. Nobody can dispute them. So it's a great way when you are presenting and you're talking to people, telling them stories about yourself, right? Because like, like I said, who's ever going to say, that's a lie, Carm. You didn't really go to school there. Well, yeah, I did. Like, how do you know? You weren't around when I was a child. Unless there was somebody who was around as a child and they know you really didn't go to that school. But don't do that, right? Tell stories <laughs> that are true. And it was clear in your class today, too, when you had people come up and speak that were saying so many ums, ahs, you knows, ers. As soon as they would go into the storytelling the ums would go away. So those stories are so great to, that's where you feel natural and you don't have to have all that um or, uh, you know. Yes. Excellent point. Just watch news today. Doesn't matter what channel you want to watch and count the ums in 15 minutes. Watch the newscaster, the facilitator, the guest. No one who's on the news channels today has ever gone to Toastmasters. Oh. I'm confident of it. So you guys, everyone here remembers when COVID set in. And what a frustrating time, a little bit of concern, obviously. And there was a lot of stuff going on when COVID set in. There was the police issues that people were drawn to. Lots of anger was coming around from a lot of different things. And I remember my local city, our police chief was a little bit embattled, not terribly, no scandals or anything at the time, but he was not a great speaker. And so here's this guy put and thrust in this crisis mode who's coming across, he's not connecting. Let's just put it that way. He was not connecting. And that part of me being on a Grand Rapids-based Toastmasters Cup was thinking like, golly, I wonder who I need to talk to in the city to get the people in the city into Toastmasters. Because golly, you don't know when that crisis is coming around that you do need to rise up to your station and do need to connect with people and ease tensions where they exist. And it struck me as a really, really alarming thing that that's, probably pretty much standard anywhere, any locality. So take this episode, the residual effect from it is go count the ums and the ahs on your favorite news channel in yeah. 15 minutes yes. tonight. I don't care if it's local, national, whatever, you're going to be shocked now that you're on the inside of the value that Toastmasters can bring to you in just that very short way. You know, I think it's a hard job to be on your toes and all the research that you have to do, but the ums and the ahs, they're terrible. It's not that hard to get over it. You see effects in how many weeks of being in Toastmasters? Oh, by the way, the lawyers, the lawyers that come on those shows don't have a lot of ums and ahs. Well, they've already been replaced with AI. Oh, <laughs> hmm, I didn't know that. So that's really a, a it's a lawyer robot. Already programmed to speak. 
<laughs> and so I find that the lawyers, since they have to be very articulate in opening, closing arguments or whatever, they need to be so charismatic at it that the lawyers have the best guests not to bore you to death with their own. Well, they and know they have to connect with a jury, especially if they're a trial lawyer. They'll be absolutely on their best game because you will lose, you lose all credibility if you're trying to do something like, and so my defendant, I think maybe and so should be innocent. It's, Something you guys talked about today at the beginning of class was that these maybe. great speakers we see, so lawyers, awesome speakers, it's not natural for them either. They've mm -hmm. practiced it. They've learned it. They've done it again and again and again. You aren't just a yeah. natural born speaker. And my dad is a phenomenal speaker. And one day I was like, I can do what you do. Turns out it's not hereditary. You've got to <laughs> practice. You've got to learn it. It's not an inherent given skill. And so even when you're looking at those lawyers and amazing speakers, they've put in that time and that practice. They're now, also what, used to being judged. What we have to <laughs> learn now that we're really getting to be good speakers and you guys are really good at this, we have to then take another class and looking at the camera. <laughs> Instead of doing this and doing that, so please go study the news people. I mean, they're always looking ahead. They're looking at notes. And I study that a lot saying, can I get better on camera? And I'm not because I'm too comfortable in moving around. But that's the next frontier. There constantly. it is. It's, there is a whole yeah. lot of stuff we yeah. go to in Zoom and how yeah. to put your picture, box. put your wife's picture, you know, your kids' grandkids' picture on the camera so that you're always looking at that I scene. Thought it, I thought it would be fun to have a teleprompter at a Toastmasters meeting and practice with a teleprompter speech. I think that'd just be a lot of fun to have a written speech and then practice with a teleprompter. What a cool thing that would be. I have be. one of those. Oh, that'd be fun. We'd mm -hmm. need to play with that. Anyway, <laughs> this was great. I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Trace, for coming in at the end, doing table topics for us. Chris Cloutier, Auto Flow, Golden Rule Auto Care, Toastmaster Extraordinaire. Thank you, Carm. Hey. Yes, thank you for this. And once again, I just want to say that class, there was a lot of hungry people. We know there's a lot of hungry people in the industry. Face your fear. I love it. Beautiful. Craig. Face your fear. I love it. No, let's Craig. get better at connecting with people. I think this is the main thing that we're here for think it's the last thing that machines can take from us. And hey, if they have taken it from us, then we won't have any people to worry about connecting with. Hmm. Craig O'Neill, VP Training, autoflow.com. Sarah Frazier, any final words? We think it's scary. This group is not scary. I promise you coming into this Toastmasters group is amazing and welcoming. And just once you do the first one, you'll be hooked and you'll want to keep coming back. Believe you me, Join our Toastmasters group. If not, just do the personal thing. Out. Find a Toastmasters in your marketplace. Okay, my favorite movie without naming the title. Hi, you thought I was going to get by without having <laughs> There was this family and they came over from Italy and they were in the olive oil business and there were three sons and the business they were in wasn't 100% legit. And maybe they were corrupt. Name of the movie? Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. You've never seen that, huh? I've never seen it, but I can uh, still guess. <laughs> yeah, so when, you not homework, homework is to watch Wait a minute. not the news, when, but Godfather. When Trace was living at home on Christmas morning, she says, come on, Dad, let's go put the Blu-ray in. <laughs> so we would. And here's... Da, 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 da. She goes, you guys are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Car. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Trace. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.